0: Well, hello from the messy table, quarantine edition. That means I'm actually recording this episode from my closet because my kids are home, their voices don't really have an off switch, and we just got a golden retriever puppy. I mean, they're home for at least five months, so why not? But this podcast is still a place where we can show up as we are and take a deep breath of much needed truth and encouragement, thankfully, without the germs. So even in the face of this global pandemic and strange isolation and constantly shifting norms, guys, the overarching theme from the beginning of time still remains, God is at work in our mess. Well, I'm Jen Jewel, the host of this faith-fueled conversation style podcast, which airs a brand new episode every other Tuesday. And today I have my lovely co-host back with me, though we are technically remote, my good friend, Amy Groschel. Y'all, we are partnered with the women of our church, Life Church, as well as the brave women and sometimes men from all over the Greater Capital C Church who are determined to pause and remember and speak of God's faithfulness. And man, what a time to occupy this unique space in history, to play a part, no matter how big or small, in spreading the inexhaustible hope we have in Jesus just this morning, I was actually reading 2 Peter 3 9. It says the Lord isn't really being slow about keeping His promises, as some people think. No, He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So guys, I pray if anything, this situation will shake us awake. You know, I keep hearing people talk about those things we normally take for granted, like groceries and health care and school and jobs and just seeing the people we love face to face one thing that's become inevitably clear is the fact that we need each other, maybe now more than ever. It's interesting to really stop and realize that one of God's best and beautiful and highly intentional designs is that He created us to not only need Him, but to need each other. Now, there are definitely times like these when we have to get creative and offer lots of grace, but it doesn't change the fact that we were not meant to do life alone. So friends, get excited, because for this conversation at The Messy Table, Holly Furtick is all kinds of ready to chat with us about this super important topic, especially during this super unique time. Holly is a wife and mom and book connoisseur and the co-founder, alongside of her husband Stephen, of Elevation Church. So when it comes to recognizing our need for meaningful relationships in this hyper-connected yet still somehow isolated world. Holly Furtick has so much wisdom and experience and just practical tips to share, no matter if you're joining us from your closet or while out doing yard work or driving to the grocery store or taking care of patients or hiding in the bathroom from your toddler. Guys, grab your coffee, pop in those earbuds, and join Amy and me for this chat with Holly. Well, Holly, welcome to the messy table. We're so glad you're here. Hi, I'm glad to be here.
1: Holly, even though we have to be remote, can't sit across the table from you and Jen, it's just an honor to have you on the messy table. I have known you, I don't even know how many years. Um, Craig and I have been so blessed to, to know you and Pastor Stephen for over a decade, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And we just, we love who you are as friends, as ministers, as leaders of Elevation Church. We love your children. Um, you're just family, and we're so thankful for you. So thank you for being on today. And we would love to hear just a little bit about um, the ins and outs, the highlights of Holly, your life, your family, what you're passionate about. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I am a big
2: fan of podcasts, and I've listened to The Messy Table before. So I'm excited that I get to be a part. A little bit about me, uh, my husband, Stephen, and I have been married For, I think, 19 years, our anniversary is going to be, that's funny that I can't remember exactly. I love that you said, I think. I think. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) um, Maybe 18. We were calculating the other day. We've been together for over 20 years, if you include dating. And Mm -hmm. um, so about 15 years ago, we planted Elevation Church here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And God has just really exceedingly abundantly, more than we could ask or imagine, blessed our ministry. And we are able to minister to so many people across our city and even beyond. And so um, we get to do that and I get to be a part of that. And I'm so grateful. So let's see what else. I have mm-hmm. three children. Um, I have a boy who's 14 and in ninth grade, I have another boy who's 12 and in sixth grade. And then I have a little girl who is nine and in third grade and they keep me on my toes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an education degree, but I have not taught in, oh, probably about 15 years until <laughs> now. Right. <laughs> I'm, Here you I'm all of a sudden homeschooling. Um, Me too, so girl. Me too. That's been fun. <laughs> Send help. And please, Amy, give us all the help <laughs> that, that you can offer us. And passions, you know, I am a number nine on the Enneagram. So uh, I am passionate about relaxing. And <laughs> uh, um, I'm not like a real uh, go getter kind of never stop working type of person. You can enjoy life. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I do. I enjoy life. I am talkative. So I love talking. I love talking to friends. Um, I love audiobooks. So I've always loved books. But um, obviously, when I became a mom, Something had to go, and <laughs> reading was one of those things. And so, a couple years ago, I started listening to audiobooks on Audible on my phone. And I just love listening to
0: fiction books. And that's just something else about me. Do you have any favorites that are a must listen, like that we need to know about right now?
2: So probably my very favorite, I love historical fiction. I mm-hmm. love everything. I mostly love stories about women,
0: mm-hmm.
2: where a woman is the main character, the heroine or whatever. But uh, I love historical fiction and particularly World War II era. So I read a lot of those kind of books. Um and The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. I don't know if you guys have ever read that book, but it is such a great story. It's about two sisters who are um, in France and they both have to kind of make decisions as to how they're going to how they're going to survive um, during the war. And
0: so The Nightingale is probably my favorite book. If you've never read that, I've heard of it, but I've never read it. So I might have to add it to my list during this quarantine season. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you do. You do. And Holly has started
1: book clubs online from these audiobooks. That's so really blessed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, it's just something fun. Like I, I love
2: books and I'm really passionate about getting other people to read the books that I love. I kind of mm. pride myself in being able to recommend a good book because I think there's nothing better than when a friend says, you have to read this book True. and mm-hmm. you know that if they say it's good, that it's good because nobody wants to waste their
0: time on a book. that's not good. No. And um, so, or a movie. Um, that's like one of my biggest pet peeves. I hate it whenever <laughs> you finish a book or finish a movie and you hate it. And you think, why did I do this? Exactly.
2: You feel like you wasted your time. So I just, for fun, started a little book club. I just, once a month, I recommend a book. And then a couple weeks later, I'll go live on Instagram And really cool thing recently, the last like three or four months, I've had the author join me
1: Mm, and I've gotten to
2: ask the author questions about how the story came to be. Or last month we read a memoir because I I also love memoirs Mm -hmm. and I got to interview the author and it was so cool because, you know, when you finish a memoir, you wonder what is this person doing now or how did their life turn out after this, this season that I just read all about. And so we got to ask this author everything that we wanted to know. And it was so much
0: fun. So yeah, I love recommending a good book and I just love talking about books. So I love it. Okay. So you just mentioned, and I'm sure everybody is in the same boat that most of us are home. There's just a lot of crazy going on right now with the coronavirus. School's out. Churches and businesses have taken everything possible online. And so you kind of mentioned it, but what does life look like for you right now? Are you guys just on top of each other?
2: It's funny because right now there are some people who are like, everything has stopped and they're bored and, you know, whatever, whatever their job is, they're not able to do it from home or they're not able to do it as well from home. And so I think there are some people out there that have less to do. And then there are some people who, Everything
0: is just ramped up, Mm -hmm. but your home. All the parents out there.
2: All (laughs) the parents out there, all the people in ministry, because now we're trying to minister to people through technology and social media. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, all the healthcare workers and the Mm -hmm. people in the food industry. And so for us, particularly, Um, We are just like boots on the ground at our church, just really trying to minister to the people of our church. You know, people are scared Mm -hmm. and they're anxious and they're weary, but also it's such an exciting time because Mm -hmm. people are open right now and they have time, Mm -hmm. and they're thirsty. They're Mm -hmm. thirsty for answers. They're thirsty for hope. And so I'm so thankful. I mean, I truly cannot stop thinking about how amazing it is that we live in a day and time where we are isolated, but we don't have to be alone. It's so true. Technology has afforded us so many ways to not just as a ministry, but to be able to reach out to people, Mm -hmm. but also as just as friends and family members. And we're not alone. So, you know, in my house, I was actually telling uh, my husband, I'm like, our kids have it so good. Because at that moment, One of my boys was playing Fortnite and FaceTiming a friend. So they were like playing together. Mm -hmm. And then my daughter, she has a little game that she plays on her computer and can chat with her friends while she's playing that game. And, you know, my other son is walking around talking to one of his friends. And when we were kids, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if this had happened when we were kids, can you imagine? Because like my parents would have said, Get off the phone. People need to get through. Yeah. You cannot tie <laughs> right. up the phone line all day. Go play in but the backyard. But all my kids, yeah, go play in the backyard or you know, read a book. And and you know, I'm telling my kids to do those things. Right. But they're Us not too. disconnected from their friends and from their life. And so they're able to still maintain their relationships. And so am I. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that I have found that has really been such a blessing to me. I don't know if either of you guys have heard of the app Marco Polo. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't use it, but yeah. So, okay. My middle son, Graham, he was watching me um, interact on Marco Polo and he goes, Mom, This is basically like video Snapchat for old people. (laughs) Um, But it's basically a way to just send videos back and forth to your friends, Mm -hmm. but then still have a like it's not like FaceTime where if somebody calls, you have to answer right then and there. Mm -hmm. So Amy, for instance, if I wanted to send you a Bible verse, but see your friends face-to-face eye contact, I would just open up the app and say, Hey, Amy, I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you today. I read this Bible verse today. I hope it encourages you. Or it's not always Bible verses and encouragement. Um, I have one friend and it's like, oh my gosh, my kids are driving me crazy right now. Mm -hmm. What are you cooking for dinner? I need help. (laughs) I need ideas. Mm -hmm. So it's just been, you know, again, Everything is so different, mm-hmm. but there's so many ways that we're still able to connect with people. Right? Um, there's so many ways that we're still able to minister to people. So I'm really thankful for that. I'm so proud that I get to be a part of the church right now. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know about you guys, I love Sundays and being able to To be online with my church and then throughout the week to be able to and see others, other people's services and experiences and sermons and worship music. It's just, uh,
0: it's crazy. We're home but we're still able to minister to people. Right. And I'm so grateful for that. Well, nothing can stop the gospel. And I think we know that, but we're seeing it more and more, you know, as our world grows darker, the church will shine brighter. Yeah. And it really is a beautiful thing. So a quick plug, um, our church, Life Church, created something a while back called the Church Online Platform, and it's mm. absolutely free. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing tens of thousands of churches sign up to use this online platform to keep their church up and running and connected mm-hmm. and able to worship together during this time. Um, um, and of course, share the love of Jesus in a really unique way. So if you are listening to this, if you are a pastor, a staff member, a minister, or if you go to church somewhere and you want to let your pastors know about this, then pass it along. That's my little plug.
1: Yeah. Yes, yes. There it is. <laughs> it's amazing. Way to go, Jen. I'm glad you said that because it's been huge. And Holly, I have loved just sitting here listening to your heart, just bursting with gratitude. And the whole time this season of coming. COVID has hit us. The scripture of just give thanks in all circumstances is something that I just repeatedly run through my mind. And for us, for Craig and I, it's been like just going on a month now because... You know, he came home from Germany and went straight into quarantine from being very close all night long to a a guy that was positive. So, you know, you do the weariness that you said, it really does come on. Even if things are pretty good circumstantially for somebody, there's a weariness of, Mm -hmm. are you kidding me? How much longer can I take all of this crazy? It seems like this weird dream. But your heart of gratitude is such an encouragement listening to you, focusing on those positives of all the things of technology in ways that we can meet together uh, Mm -hmm. as a church and being the church and being friends and things like that. And so gratitude is just a huge part that I've chosen to every day, just through everything that I that happens. Just thank you for this. Thank you for the toilet paper. Thank you for the food. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. But you you touched on the relationships that they're continuing because of technology. And the friendship thing is so key. The reality that the whole world is realizing how much we need each other. Mm-hmm. And I know you did a study on friendship that was called Building Friendships That Fit. It's fantastic. Thank you. And I would love for you just to share about what your thoughts are regarding our need for one another as friends. And then also, we want you to also go to a place of talking about how friendships can be a real struggle. Maybe there's something you want to share from your past, your life, and talk to us about how God's worked in that. Yeah. um, So I'm really passionate about friendships
2: I'm really passionate about fighting for my friendships. Mm. Um, I think that women in particular need female relationships in their lives. You know, we, I don't know if you've ever heard the thing about how a woman, the word count, a woman has, you know, so many words, like (laughs) I forget what it is, but let's say, (laughs) you know, a woman has 20,000 words a day and a man has 5,000 words a day. I think (laughs) those numbers are off, but like a man can only hear so much too. And so (laughs) obviously I'm passionate about marriage. My husband is my best friend, but he also needs me to have other people in my life
0: (laughs) that I can talk to.
2: Uh, And it's so important uh, because when you get to the stage of adulthood,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: you have to really fight for your relationships because, Mm -hmm. you know, we have women who are busy with their career Mm -hmm. or with their, you know, being married and you're, and then you start to have kids and all of these commitments and all of these primary relationships that are right in front of us every day, Mm -hmm. they start to take precedence Mm -hmm. and they can crowd our lives so much that our friendships start to fade. And we start to feel lonely and we start to feel like no one cares about us. And really, that's because we haven't made our relationships a priority. And so for me, I've had to figure out how to stay connected with the people and the women that God has placed in my life, because God has placed so many incredible women Mm -hmm. around me. And I have to realize that I have to cultivate those relationships because those women also have a career and maybe a husband or children. And so a lot of times I think we can kind of make everything about ourselves Mm -hmm. and think, well, they're not checking in with me. Maybe they're mad at me or maybe I annoy (laughs) them. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, like we can tell ourselves all these stories Mm -hmm. when in reality, the people who are in our lives, they love us. They need us. They want to have conversations with us, but they too are really busy with their lives. And so it's just so important that we really reach out and fight for those relationships because, you know, especially for women with children who are in those stages where our children are young and they require a lot of attention, Mm -hmm. they're not always going to be young. And they're not always going to require a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. And if I don't prioritize my relationships now, when my children leave my home or become teenagers and don't need me quite as much anymore, at least physically, or when my job changes, a lot of times women will look up. They've had their head down just working, working, working. You look up and you're so lonely. Mm -hmm. And it's because you haven't been maintaining those relationships along and along. So, yeah, one of the things that I love to talk about is how vulnerability is the key to friendship Mm -hmm. and one of the greatest enemies of our vulnerability. And uh, because vulnerability is what gives you that connection. Mm. Um, Vulnerability is what makes you feel seen and feel like somebody is able to understand your situation. But it's also when somebody else is vulnerable with you, mm-hmm. it makes you feel like they trust you yeah. with their life, yeah. or with their story. And it
0: just feels real.
2: Yeah. And, and it goes two ways. And that's really, to me, um, one of the key foundations of friendship. But to me, also, the enemy of that is social media, because social media gives us this type of like pseudo vulnerability. You know, we maybe um, go on Instagram and we post a picture of our pile of laundry (laughs) and we think that that's being vulnerable But really, it's just like when you put stuff out there for the masses and then you're constantly checking to see if somebody liked or somebody commented or you're looking for for love and connection in the wrong space. Mm -hmm. And so instead of just constantly trying to connect with people through social media, because it is a tool and it is it is a great thing, but it's not the thing that's going to make you feel truly connected to someone else. So instead, it's more like reaching out calling someone. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm big on voice memos. And like we were talking about earlier now, Marco Polo, because it's more personal. Mm -hmm. So I'm sending this one video to
0: this one friend, right? Instead of to the masses,
2: instead of to the masses. And then that one person is going to respond to me and say, Oh, my gosh, I feel the same way. You know, I'm struggling in that area, too. And it's just such a way to reach out. I um, was talking to a friend of mine one time, And she's, um, she's a number one on the Enneagram. So she's (laughs) a perfectionist and she likes everything to be in its place. And she likes everything to be in order, including not just like her pantry, but her life. And I said to her, I said, you know, our friendship isn't really gonna, it works two ways and it's really not going to go anywhere unless you tell me how you're doing. And so when I call you or I send you a text message and I'm like, hey, how are you doing today? I really, truly want to know how you're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't tell me how you're doing, if you don't tell me that, you're having a rough day. Um, this particular friend was having a real struggle in her marriage. And I said, if you don't tell me how things are going, how can I know how to pray for you? Mm. How can I keep you in the forefront of my mind? If all you ever tell me is that everything is great, then I'm not going to be worried about you. I'm going to think, oh, she's great. Um, you know, I'm thankful for her. But it's just so important that we reach out to the people that God has placed in our lives. And we have real, honest, honest, conversations with each other. It's not being, being needy. I mean, obviously you don't want to take it too far, but when you have those few people in your life that really, truly love you and understand you, it's so important that you don't pretend Mm -hmm. um,
0: like everything's okay. Because when you pretend you just get upset, you just get anxious, right? And I think that's important what you said, those few people in your life or a handful or whatever that is. We're not saying, you know, you need to keep in crazy contact with your 100 closest friends. That's not what we're talking about here because I know a lot of people feel like, gosh, I just want it to be drama free. Mm -hmm. And obviously no friendship can be God, but you know, we are human. We are flawed. We are imperfect. Like you're saying, even when we, you know, craft say an Instagram post, it's still crafted, like even if it's crafted imperfection. And so hurt feelings are sometimes going to happen. Misunderstandings are sometimes going to happen. How have you learned to push through to the other side of those things?
2: Well, Yes, when you're dealing with female friendships, (laughs) there's so much drama and there's hurt feelings. And, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of being able to categorize the people that are in your life Mm -hmm. and know who are the people that are your committed friends Mm -hmm. and those people that hear all the junk, (laughs) that are going to hear the junk, but also that you're going to hear their junk and that Mm -hmm. when they say something, that maybe, um, uh, hurt your feelings or offended you or whatever, that you're able to have a conversation with them about it because their friendship is valuable to you. Mm-hmm. And so it's worth a difficult conversation, but then there are other people, there's so many different levels of friendships. And this is one of the things that I work through in our, in my Bible study, there's all these different levels. And so like your bottom feeding level, um, I call them zones, but I call it zone zero. Those are your social media friends, like the click and comment people that you don't really even know, or somebody from high school that you haven't seen in forever. Those relationships are not worth the energy of your hurt feelings. So if somebody says something to me on social media that's hurtful, I'm not going to comment back to them. I'm not going to let them have that space in my life. Mm
0: -hmm. They don't actually know you,
2: right? You don't know me. You don't know my heart. You don't know my my situation. And so just knowing where to give your energy and there's everything in between that zone zero and then that zone four of that committed friend and that relationship and really those zone four relationships, they only get to that level by time. And so it takes so much time and, you know, this is the messy table. And we talk about how things that are messy in our lives and friendships can be so messy and they can ebb and flow. You know, you can have a friend from college that was like, you know, you thought you were going to be BFFs forever and you haven't spoken to her in years, but then there are some people that. They consistently stay in your life. They may not always be in the forefront of your life, but they're always there and they're always there for you. Mm -hmm. And um, it's those relationships that are so important to really fight for and and not be easily offended. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, another thing that I really try to focus on is instead of thinking of all the ways that my friends could be better friends to me. I really try to um, focus on the way that I can be a better friend to the people that God has placed in my life. Um, That's good. One of my favorite verses of scripture is Luke six thirty eight, where Jesus says, give and it will be given unto you. Mm-hmm. And so um, one time I preached this message and it was called, give what you want and you'll get what you need. And so instead of focusing on what I need from my relationships with other women, if I'll focus on what I can give mm-hmm. and trust the Lord that he knows what I need and he'll provide for me mm-hmm. what I need mm-hmm. through my relationships, if I'll focus on what who I can be to my friends. I love that. And so for me, what that looks like is just me being a stable person and me not being dramatic and me being vulnerable and positive. Um, oh, this is, this is a great one when it comes to positivity. Um, I read this book called, oh gosh, I hope I can remember the title of it. I can't remember the title of it right now. It was a book about friendships and, She talked about how you need five positive interactions for every one negative interaction. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to understand that relationships are a lot like deposits and credits, Mm -hmm. and you can't take more from a relationship than you're giving to it. Mm -hmm. And really, you have to give to a relationship five times more than you take from it in order for it to be in a healthy place. So, you know, what that means is, um, the majority of my interactions with my friends, I try to keep on the positive. Hey, I'm grateful for you today, or thank you for reaching out to me. It really meant a lot. Or Thank you for that verse of scripture, just focusing on the positive aspects of our relationship and not always the, the drama and the negative parts. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's mm-hmm. great. And it makes me think of that verse in Proverbs. I think it's 27. And it says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, yeah. but an enemy multiplies kisses. And so even when we have to bring a hard thing, a hard conversation to a friend, to do it with love and truth and graciousness. Right. And, you know, sometimes we need to be forgiven. Sometimes we need to forgive a friend. And so I'm curious kind of in your relationships, because I know over the years there can be bumps. Has there been a particular friendship that you've really had to fight for Mm -hmm. through thick and thin? Yeah, um,
2: for sure. I think of one particular friend, you know, first of all, um, the average friendship only lasts about five to seven years. Mm. So I, I think on the one hand, that should be a sense of encouragement, because a lot of times when somebody leaves our life, we think, There's something wrong with us. Right. Yeah. But really relationships ebb and flow. People move. Mm. Um, they get a different job or they move to a different neighborhood. And our kids maybe for a certain period of time are on the same you know, sports team or whatever and we see each other more, but Mm -hmm. our lives are always changing. Mm -hmm. And so just because somebody isn't as close of a friend to you anymore isn't necessarily something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. It's just natural part of life. And so I always tell people that any friendship that you have that goes over 7 years you're in the bonus yeah, years. That's right. <laughs> and so be grateful for that mm-hmm. and cultivate that relationship but also know that as your life each of your lives go certain ways the relationship is going to ebb and flow. So I have this one friend and, um, we actually have been friends since college. And so I was a junior and she was a freshman and, um, we just kind of hit it off and we were in the same, um, major and we were in the same ministry, like parachurch organizations and ended up, I was in her wedding. I was in her, she was in my wedding first. And then I was in her wedding. And, um, there've been times where we didn't live in the same town and times where we did and, and then seasons where we were planning our church and her husband is in sales. And so there have been so many times where our lives were more connected or less connected. Mm. And, you know, I started having children and she was still working. And I remember one particular time we had had like a little disagreement over something and I was just super hurt. And we were trying to work through it, but it was really awkward. And I think without going into specifics, sometimes you just need space. Mm. Um, But when you really take a step back and you consider the other person, um, I think one of my truly life verses is Philippians 2, 3. And that's the verse where it says, do nothing from selfishness or vain conceit, but with humility, consider others as more important than yourself. Mm-hmm. like So it says, consider others as more important than yourself. It doesn't say you can't think about yourself, but it says, hey, have you ever taken the time to take a step back mm-hmm. and think, how is this person seeing this situation through their eyes? Right. How do, rather than always making everything about me and how I feel and what you said or what you didn't do mm-hmm. or how you weren't there for me during this time. Because that's an exhausting way to live for all of us. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny because we want people to have grace for us. Mm -hmm. We want people to understand, oh, she's really busy right now. Or, oh, you know, she's going through a divorce. So, of course, she's going to be grumpy or lash out or be needy or complaining right now. We want them to say those things to us. Mm -hmm. But when it comes time for us to
0: extend that grace to someone else, it's not always it's not always as easy. Well, we judge ourselves by our intentions and then we judge other people by their actions. And Mm -hmm. so exactly. It's just not always fair.
2: Exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, we've just, there've been some moments that we've had to work through and there've been some times where uh, we weren't as close as we have been. But um, when I think about this friend, I think of somebody who is loyal I think of someone who's there for me, mm-hmm. no matter what. I think of someone who doesn't need me to call her or text her every day. Mm. She's there. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and those relationships are worth fighting for. And those relationships are worth working through the little things that annoy us. And, and you know, sometimes... It's just important to overlook um, Mm -hmm. things, to just let things go rather than always having to nitpick at things. And, and, you know, another thing for me, I I think of another friend that I've been friends with for years and years and years. And there was a season where I started to get frustrated because I felt like she never invites me to do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I love this girl. (laughs) I feel like every time I call her, she's there. Um, but she rarely calls me. Yeah. And one of the things that really helped me in my relationship with her was the Enneagram. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys ever talk about the Enneagram on this podcast. Yeah. Um, but her particular number is the number five. Mm-hmm. And the number five needs solitude. Mm-hmm. And they love to be home. And they love to be um, by themselves. And they don't necessarily think to reach out to people, mm. but that doesn't mean that she doesn't want to do things with right, me right? Right, mm-hmm. or that she doesn't care about you. Yeah. Or that she doesn't care about me or that she doesn't love me, mm-hmm. but she just isn't naturally inclined to reach out. Mm-hmm. And cause sometimes you can look at a friend and you're like, man, they're always doing things without me. Mm-hmm. I see them on social media and they're, you know, out to dinner or, you know, on a girl's weekend or whatever, if that kind of person is in your life and they're like super social and super active, then maybe they're not the person for you. Maybe there's a reason why you're not. And maybe it's a good reason. Maybe you shouldn't be, you know, uh, hanging out with this person. But sometimes when you look at someone, you're like, oh, you know what? They're not really that socially active. It's not that they're not just exclude. It's not that they're excluding me. They really, they're, kind of an introvert. They don't really do a lot. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to understand your friends for who they are Mm -hmm. and what their personalities are like
1: and knowing that different people can bring different things to me. Right. That's helpful. Yeah. It's a good perspective. It's so wise. And you're showing a lot of emotional maturity and wisdom to play into factor somebody's personality into your story. You're telling yourself that that the enemy will use to try to divide. And so there are just so much wisdom. And you are applying, you know, the Philippians to of making them more important because you're you're not just thinking of your feelings and what they did to you. You're thinking of who they are uniquely, how they function. So it's brilliant. And it seems obvious when you say it, but I know so many of us— fail to do that, to actually take the time and to put that into practice to go, oh, that's their personality. They aren't the aggressive gatherer or caller and phone person or right. whatever. And it's just really wise and so helpful to really be able to overlook the offense. And one of my, my favorite friendship verse is Proverbs seventeen seventeen. a friend loves at all times. Yeah. And to me, that is because they can do these things, because they can believe the best Every time I've been super offended by a friend, I'm doing kind of what you're doing and I'm thinking about what do I know about them? Their heart is gold. Right. So I just need to get over whatever I'm feeling. Right. So you're just showing so much maturity and wisdom and what you're sharing. And I love that we can grow from this. So, yeah, I think once you start to
2: get in the habit of doing it, Mm -hmm. it gets easier. So true. And um, you just have to get it kind of in your mental space. Um, You know, another thing that I think of when I think about friendship is this misconception that there's this one BFF out there for (laughs) me and I haven't found her yet. And there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. You know, like if if I'm Anne, where is my Diana? Mm -hmm. You know, from Anne of Green Gables, like they were bosom friends. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think the Lord has really shown me is that there shouldn't be one person in my life that's your spouse uh-huh <laughs> yeah that one person is is my spouse yeah. um and so i like to think of it like this instead of having this one bestie mm-hmm. i can build a mega friend <laughs> so i have you know a particular friend that i go to when I want prayer Mm -hmm. and I have a particular friend that I read books with and that I talk about books with, Mm -hmm. and I have another friend that I like to go shopping with Mm -hmm. when the malls open back up, (laughs) if that ever happens again. Um, but I have like, I have one friend or I have a a handful of people that I like to go to lunch with, Mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily the person that I want to pray with. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And to be able to see, I think so much about, Our lives is perspective Mm -hmm. and being able to rather than have a pity party that I don't have this one BFF that's going to go with me through every stage of life. Mm -hmm. You know, I shared about this friend that I've been friends with since college, but that's not the norm. The norm is that we have so many different people coming in and out of our lives constantly and being able to key in on all of the different people that God has placed in my life and all of the different Um, aspects of relationships that I can foster with different people. And that can set you free. That can set you free to know that there's nothing wrong with me, Mm -hmm. that God has given me so many people that are able to pour into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to all be on the shoulders of one person. That's a lot for one person yeah, to bear. Right. right. So it's just beautiful that we can have lots of people. That's not a bad thing, yes. but it's a, a matter of identifying who those people are in your
0: life and what they bring to your life and then fostering that aspect of your relationship with them. So good. And it goes both ways, like you mentioned, because mm-hmm. when I think about my closest friends, like you said, they're all so different and some live close and some live far, but I know that any one of those particular women would be there in the middle of the night, right. whether it's you know physically or emotionally, mm-hmm. if I ever needed anything. And on the flip side, knowing that you know, one of those women that I'm closest to that I'm not their only friend either. And so, you know, that doesn't mean that I need to be jealous Mm -hmm. if they're off doing something with another group of friends. Like, great. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I, I so agree
1: with what you're saying about not having that one bestie and all these thoughts about your friendships. It is really true. I used to think I had to have that one best friend. And that was such a setup for discouragement and yep. failure if disappointment mm. yes because i lost that one bizim friend and and i never thought i would cuz i am the loyal, loyal, you know, golden retriever. <laughs> and um, and I will fight till the end and be like, you have to be my friend because I'm so loyal to you. But the Lord was like, okay, you know, in, in teaching me in that. But Holly, you are talking a lot about like about identity. Like it's don't feel bad. There's nothing wrong with you. When our friendships fail, it doesn't mean that. You know, there's something wrong with us or it's all just normal, you know, natural relationship rhythms and, and life rhythms and things like that. And mm. I think that is so important to hear. But have you ever had a, a time that you really grieved the loss of a friendship or felt like, OK, I fought for this, but, you know, I have to let this go. Mm. And how did God work in your heart? Absolutely. Um, I can
2: think of one particular friend who, you know, to be honest, um, they were on staff at our church, and then it was just time for them to move on and step out into something else. And it was so painful for me, and it was so painful for me to lose that relationship in my life. Um, she was a a mom that I really looked up to, and I really, I really grappled with the hurt and the pain of that. And I think, I think a lot of women have given up on friendships with other women Mm -hmm. because they've been hurt. Mm -hmm. And if I could just encourage people to know, don't give up on your friendships with other women. I mean, if you look for Bible verses that use the word friendship. There's not that many of them. But Mm -hmm. if you look deeper in the Bible, you see these beautiful relationships between, uh, you know, Ruth and Naomi or uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus and Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. her cousin, Um, or one of my favorite passages of scripture to study is the women who followed Jesus. Um, There was Mary Magdalene. And a lady named Salome and I think Mary, the mother of John. And those were the women who went to the tomb. Mm-hmm. But they went together. Yeah. And it's so tempting to just say, well, I just have my husband. I just have my kids. Um, I I can't be hurt again. Right but it's so worth the risk Mm -hmm. to risk yourself for a friendship again. And what that support system, I mean, how many of us have ever been in a season where the women in our life really rose up to our crisis? Mm -hmm. You know, like I think of, When my father in law passed away, and how one of my friends, I didn't even know where my children were for a couple of Mm -hmm. days because my friends were taking care of my kids and they were bringing us food. There was so much food, you couldn't even Mm -hmm. eat all of it. And it's a beautiful thing to see that support system when you need it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't build it when you don't need it, you won't have it when you do need it. Mm -hmm. And so I think back to the relationships that I've lost in my life. And a lot of times I feel like, those people, they were great for me during that season, but maybe I didn't need them so much anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think the enemy wants to get us to focus on that relationship mm-hmm. and grieving that relationship and becoming bitter and resentful mm-hmm. over the the way that that person left or that how they never, you know, they didn't really reach out to me after they left. And I didn't understand why. I mean, it wasn't like, I went anywhere and you still have my phone number and, mm-hmm. and we can really start to focus on that. And I remember one particular day I was going through something with one of my kids and I was really mourning the loss of that particular friendship. And I was mad at this friend for not being in my life right now because I thought she would have helped me through this. She, her kids were older than mine. She'd raised teenagers. She understands what I'm going through. She's not here for me. and. I really had this moment where I was resentful. And I was talking to another friend of mine about how I was just missing her because she was a mutual friend. And she was like, but you know, I mean, maybe, maybe she wouldn't have been what you needed during this season. And think of all the people who have been there for you right right, now. mm -hmm. And just, you know, it just, you have to focus on who's in your life now Mm -hmm. and, and maybe understanding that sometimes God takes people out of our lives for a reason. And I may never understand that reason. I may never see that reason. I may really miss that person. That doesn't mean I can't reach out to them. It doesn't mean I can't Mm -hmm. um, text them, but our relationship will never be the same. Mm -hmm. And That's okay. And I can grieve that and I can mourn that. And then I can move on and continue to build the support system Mm -hmm. that I need in my life right now.
0: And I think that's a really important piece because, you know, I have... Um, one relationship in particular, that was just super painful. And I think like you were talking about, I found myself starting to become bitter and resentful Mm -hmm. because I felt like I had tried everything to make it work. And it just was like, man, God, what she just walked away. And you know, that's painful, but like you're saying, focusing on the amazing friends that I still had and that stood by me. And the bottom line is we can trust God with those broken relationships as well. Because there came a time where I had to say, "Okay, God, I I don't know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to have to give it to you. And it was about four years later that I got a call asking to meet for coffee um, in this particular girl she apologized and she basically said, God has just been ripping me open and showing me what I did. And I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we just never know uh, Mm -hmm. what is going on in their life either. And so just continuing to pray or when we are mad, just handing it over to God over and over and over and over. (laughs) Exactly. um, It's so important. It really is. Yeah. Um, And so I'm curious, you know, for someone right now, maybe even during this isolation, what would you say to that person that has become bitter and that they have thought, I I just don't want to go there again. It's too much. I'm too exhausted. It's too hard. What encouragement would you give them?
2: You know, I would say, and in some ways this goes without saying, but sometimes you have to say those things. We always have a friend Mm -hmm. in Jesus. And He is always there for us. And sometimes we have to focus on our relationship with God before we can focus on our relationship with others Mm -hmm. and really allowing God to heal our heart and heal our mind and and to heal those bitter places and those resentful um, memories that we have. And so I think sometimes it's okay for you to take time to to heal Mm -hmm. and to focus on your relationship with God and let Him— be your friend and let him be your confidant and let him be that person that you're going to and that you're praying and that you're seeking. And then and then asking God to really open up your eyes mm-hmm. to the healthy women that are in your life. And then to just mm-hmm. as much as you can, just baby step by baby step Reach out to that person, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a simple text message, hey, just want to let you know I'm thinking of you today and I'm grateful that you're my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying go and find a person and bear your soul to them, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> especially if. If you've been hurt and Mm -hmm. you feel like you've been gossiped about and you feel like your trust is broken with women because women can do that, but you just have to go to God, let him heal you, and then ask him to open up your eyes to the relationships that are in your life. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's about God bringing you a new friend. I agree. I think it's about realizing who is in your life right now. Mm -hmm. um, That is a healthy relationship for you and just step by step investing in those relationships with as much as you can at the time.
0: So good. And Mm -hmm. just being
1: open to that. Oh, man, that is perfect, Holly. I am so grateful for everything that you've shared, especially those last words. Yes, what a friend we have in Jesus. And we will be better friends when we are closer to Him, for sure. Yeah. So thank you for all of these words of just insight, perspective, wisdom, um, just sharing your heart, really just building us up to be good friends, to fight for those friendships. And it is worth the risk. Those are so good to hold on to. what resources would you want to share with us? We always love for our guests to, to share their favorite things. Your, anything that's, you know, podcasts, you've already shared some books, music, things that we would just have to know because you're crazy about them. Okay. Well,
2: I would say one of the best books, probably in my top three books that I read in 2019 is The Broken Way by Ann Boskamp. Mm-hmm. Um Have you guys read that book? Yes, yes.
0: Not the entire thing, but yes, amazing. I love her.
2: Oh, yeah, I love her so much. And you really, it's a book that you you don't sit down. It's not an
0: audio book. I have to read her paragraphs a couple times.
2: (laughs) Yes, and and you take it sometimes page by page. But man, the Lord really brought me that book um, in a season where I needed it in 2019. Mm. And because it's all about, leaning into your brokenness Mm -hmm. and letting your brokenness be um, the thing that draws you closer to Christ Mm -hmm. and how you can know Christ in a way in your broken times that you can't know in the mountaintop times. You know, when I think of this season, you know, Amy, you said there was a passage of scripture that um, God had really been ministering to you over and over again. For me, it's Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. I mean, when all of this virus stuff started happening... God just brought me to Psalm 23, and I have been just reading it over and over again. And I think about all the people that, you know, feel like they're in the valley of the shadow of death. Mm -hmm. And I gathered all the women of our church on YouTube Live one night, and I was talking about this particular verse and how, you know, the greenest grass grows in the valley, Not on the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. On the mountaintop, it's rocks Mm -hmm. because you're full. When you're on the mountaintop, you're full. You're not hungry. Mm. But when you're in the valley is when you need sustenance. And so I just love this idea that as we're walking through this scary place, we're not walking alone. And there is sustenance in this place. Mm -hmm. And that's what that book, The Broken Way, really taught me is Mm -hmm. that there's there's a deepness to my relationship with Christ that happens when I'm scared and when I'm anxious and when things look bleak and dark. And man, I highly recommend that. I also love, um, I have this little copy of the book of Psalms in the Passion Translation. I think it's Mm -hmm. called, you can get it on Amazon. I think it's called Poetry on Fire. Have you guys seen this book? Mm, Um, No. It's just a little paperback, and it's the Passion Translation of um, the Book of Psalms. Mm. And so it it kind of opens it up in this new and Mm -hmm. fresh way of seeing some of these um, beautiful, familiar passages. So I just that's one of my go-tos in the morning is I'll just grab that book and open it up and read a psalm. And it's just very fresh in the interpretation. It's kind of like the message version, Mm -hmm. but um, a little bit easier to read. And um, I just love it. So those are two things, just resources that I'm really going to right now. Of course, worship music. I'm loving the song. Um, I don't have you guys heard the song The Blessing? I'm just loving that song right now. My husband and Carrie Job and Cody Carnes and Chris Brown got together and they wrote that song only oh, a month ago. Wow. And it has been so amazing to watch God. Take that song and use it in this moment in people's lives. And it's just so ministered to me. I just love um, listening to it and playing it in my home. So
1: Mm. can't wait to pull that up. No, I haven't heard about it yet. That's amazing. Oh, you will love
0: it. I love how God just equipped the church and his people for this time, even though we didn't even know it was coming. So yep. so amazing. Holly, you are awesome. I'm so Thank glad you, you were here. Would you just leave us with one final word of encouragement or advice, just something you want us to know as we head into our week?
2: Yes. So one of the things that I have been really encouraging the women that I lead is oxygen on yourself first. Hmm. So in this season... Um, where we're, you know, shelter in place and we're taking care of everybody, whether you're taking care of children, your spouse, the people that work for you, um, maybe the people that you work with. Um, So many people around us are needy right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the old saying, if you want to save someone who's drowning, you plant your feet and you throw them a rope. You don't jump in with them. Mm -hmm. And so, Um, For me, the Lord is just reminding me over and over again that I've got to feed myself first, that I've got to meet with Him, that I've got to engage with friends that I can share with and that I can be myself with and that I can get those Bible verses and get them in my soul and get them in my spirit. Mm -hmm. Let the Lord just anoint my head, you know, back to Psalm 23, He anoints your head with oil my cup overflows. Mm -hmm. You have to be anointed first before your cup can overflow. And so just stay strong in feeding yourself and your relationship with God um, so that you can pour out to those around you. But you can't, if there's nothing coming in, you can't pour out. Mm. And so I just want to encourage all the women who are listening, just Oxygen on yourself mm-hmm. first before you're helping other people, all the people that God has placed in your life. Such a perfect analogy.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you, Holly. That was powerful. Guys, thank you so much. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. It and fun and encouraging. And I feel like we had poetry on fire just listening to you. So Aww. thank you. You are so dear and we love you. I love you guys. Thank you.
0: Well, I thought what Holly shared was such a timely reminder. You know, we can leverage this time to recenter and reprioritize, first and foremost, our relationship with God. I thought it was super powerful when she said, there's a deepness to our relationship with Christ that happens when we're scared and anxious or when things look bleak and dark. I know I need to remember that He is a bottomless well. Deep calls to deep, and the deeper we go, He is always deeper still and everything else, anything meaningful, has to flow from that bucket. And secondly, we can leverage this slower time to make space for our actual people, even from a distance. Yes, our families 100%, but also our friends. We know that two are better than one, and it's a priceless gift to have those people in our lives that we can trust. Personally, I think I have some pretty incredible friends, but if I'm honest, it's easy for me to take my closest friendships for granted because I know they'll be there. I know there's lots of grace. I know we don't have to talk all the time to be close. So this conversation reminded me to nurture those relationships. It really is worth it. It might be as simple as a text or call or maybe FaceTime, Zoom or an app like Marco Polo or even a good old fashioned letter. I don't think it has to be complicated, but it does help to know we are not in this alone. Well, guys, as always, you can find all the resources mentioned in the conversation notes. You can join us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. You can subscribe for free in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. You can connect with both Life Church and Elevation Church online on social media. Of course, we love the YouVersion Bible app. There are thousands of great Bible plans on there. Basically, there are so many helpful resources out there. You just have to pick, but you won't regret investing in your life. And lastly, thank you so much for joining us from your closet, from your car, from your kitchen. And as we head into whatever this week holds, remember, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.